This is 602 Crate driver Logan Watt, and you're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. another episode of the four wide salute podcast i am your host casey as always what an exciting week and weekend we had a couple of huge races going on this weekend uh, multi-day events and we're going to get into that momentarily first some breaking news items i did miss a feature finish last week not my intention of course but winchester speedway down in virginia hosted the usac east coast guys last weekend and we saw Alex Bright picking up his ninth win of the year with USAC East Coast. News items that broke this week. Firecracker 100 at Lernerville Speedway. As you guys know, um, Midsummer Classic out there has now been announced that that will be a Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series event in 2022. Previous years, that had been a World of Outlaws race. So, moving over to the Lucas side of things. On to our results. So, Sunday, Super Dirt had their second day at Weed Sports Speedway. And that, unfortunately, was rained out. USAC Nationals at Houston Speedway for their finale. The third day of a three-day weekend. The $20,000 prize for the USAC Sprints went to CJ Leary. And then the 100-lap midget finale. Interesting to see. Cannon McIntosh was out to a huge lead early in that one. Close to the halfway mark. Ended up shredding a right rear. Had to go in. They then decided to have their competition caution, their fuel stop. And he was done for the night at that point, unfortunately. But Big Daddy Chris Wyndham did come out on top. Again, $20,000 to the winner. Such a nice weekend at Houston's put on. From what I understand, the crowd was a little empty. Um, car counts, they I guess they were expecting a little bit more. Um, you know, $264,000 price fund for the whole weekend. And unfortunately, it just wasn't overwhelmed, I should say. Um, they still had decent car count. Still had decent fans in the stands. Just I think they were expecting a whole lot more. Uh, Monday, the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America is back on schedule for the remaining events of that. They were at Fairbury American Legion Speedway, of course, Falls, called One for the Road, and we saw Brandon Shepard pick up the win. Nothing going on Tuesday and Wednesday, which was perfectly fine with me. Took care of some things on Tuesday. Wednesday, got all packed and ready to go for the weekend. Um, Went down to the 76er and camped out all weekend. So Thursday, Short Track Super Series, Fonda Speedway. Had a bunch of practice sessions going on for the Fonda 200 weekend. They also did run a non-winners race, the Ultimate Underdog 33. And Brett Haas was your winner of that event. Lucas Oil Late Models kicked off night number one of the Late Model Knoxville Nationals at Knoxville Speedway. Turbo, Tyler Herb, was your winner on Thursday. And Baps Motor Speedway hosted the Hodnet Foundation race. 
Danny Dietrich was your winner. He is coming on strong as of late. Good time to get it together as we have uh, Natty Open in a couple of weeks. On to your weekend events for the national side of things. World of Outlaw Sprints. Of course, we know they were supposed to be at Colorado Speedway on Friday, Placerville Saturday. That got flipped around due to Placerville used for the fire trucks for the fires are fighting. So they moved the Tom Tarleton Classic to Colorado Speedway, moved that show to Saturday instead of Friday. And hometown boy Carson Macedo was your winner. If you guys didn't get a chance to catch this feature, it was late. Check it out on YouTube, the highlights or, or Dirt Vision replay. I thought it was a really good race. A couple of guys in that second through sixth area were uh, swapping spots back and forth. It was pretty exciting. All-Stars, Friday night, they were at Williams Grove Speedway for the Jack Gunn Memorial Dirt Classic Qualifier. And Anthony Macri ended up being your winner. So now that's two career wins for him at Williams Grove. And Saturday, of course, was the Dirt Classic at Lincoln Speedway. I'll call him a hometown boy, considering he runs for Book Motorsports, and they are located in Central PA. Justin Peck ended up being your winner. USAC Sprints Friday were at Circle City Raceway in Indiana. Tanner Thorson was your winner there. He's had quite a year for his first full year of USAC Sprints. I believe that's win number four or five. And Saturday, Tri-State Speedway, Hobstadt, Indiana. KTJ was your winner of the Hobstadt Hustler. Super Dirt Saturday was at Atlanta Legends Raceway for the Gerald Ayers Memorial. And Superman Matt Shepard picking up your win there. Lucas Oil Late Models Friday. Late Model Knoxville Nationals Day number two. Tyler Erb, your winner again. Back-to-back nights. And Saturday was, of course, the big one. Your legit late model Knoxville Nationals and Mikey Marlar. Mike Marlar with your win there. On to your local stuff, Friday. So, of course, Grandview Speedway hosted night number one. They had 40-some modifieds checking in for practice, which is huge. And, of course, the Freedom 38er, the sportsman portion of the weekend. Jordan Henn picked up a ride in Tyler Reaver's 4R Sportsman that normally runs at Big Diamond on Fridays. We've just seen Doug Hendricks hop in that car for the feature at the Cracker and go 17th to 4th. Jordan Han, I believe, led every lap of this feature and took home the payday. Short Track Super Series Fonda 200 qualifiers on Friday night. So they run four 15-lap qualifiers. Top three from each, lock into yourself into the redraw. Qualifier number one went to Matt Shepard. Now, it was unfortunate Matt then did not race the Fonda 200. Of course, he went to Land of Legends for the Super Dirt Show. But from what I gather, this was a short track Super Series point race. He is given show up points as he did show up Friday. So he kind of got the best of both worlds there as far as a point situation goes. Qualifier number two went to... The Flying Squirrel, Rocky Warner. Qualifier number three to Tyler Dipple. And qualifier number four to Danny Varon back in the 93. I call it the dinosaur car. Then we're on to Ransomville. Had Empire Super Sprints as part of their 
uh, non-modified weekend, I'll call it. And the Cobra, Chuck Hebing, back in victory lane at Ransomville on a Saturday. Of course, Grandview Speedway, Freedom 76er, 66 modified strong. A lot of talent in that field. And your winner ended up being Ryan Godown. First time winner of the Sixer. Uh, we're going to get into the details of the of the, the Sixer weekend here in a minute um, with my guest, Kenny Bruce. We're going to do a little recap. So we will get into the meat of that um, a little bit later on here. Bridgeport was off for the monster trucks this weekend. New Egypt ran their supporting classes. As we know, the modifieds were finished last week, which is nice. Allows them guys to run the Sixer. 602 crates win went to Anthony Tramontana and your champion was Pat Wall. Sportsman victory went to Will Dupree and your champion was Justin Grasso. And in your New Egypt wingless sprints or your Northeast wingless sprints, Lee Nardelli was your winner and Rich Meller your champion. Short Jack Super Series Fonda 200. Stuart Friesen was your winner. Again, $53,000 to Stu and the Friesen family. He did cut a tire down. I want to say lap 40-ish, lap 45, lap 55, somewhere in there. Had to go in, go to the rear, and got himself back up. I think he was second at the fuel stop, or maybe he was the leader at the fuel stop at lap 100. But he ended up victorious. On to your upcoming events. So next week, we have Super Dirt at Malta, Albany, Saratoga Speedway for the Malta Massive Weekend on Saturday. They are running a 358 race on Friday as part of that weekend. World of Outlaw Sprints Friday, Eldora Speedway for Before the Crowns Showdown. And then Saturday, they move on to Lernerville Speedway for the Commonwealth Clash, they are making their way east for Natty Open, which will be the week after. All-Stars, they are at Eldora Speedway for Saturday's portion of the Four Crown Nationals. So USAC's got a whole bunch of stuff going on here, so let's try and keep it together, right? Thursday, USAC sprints and midgets at Gas City I-69 Speedway. Then we have four crown nationals. Friday is silver crown and midgets. And then Saturday is the sprints, silver crown and midgets. Like I said, along with the all-stars there on Saturday. So a big sprint car weekend. Four crowns a good time. I have yet to get out there, but I've watched this stuff on, uh, you know, TV coverage and streaming and it's a hell of a race. I believe the other year, Silver Crown put on one of the best races I've seen Silver Crown run. Getting silly sideways and slide jobs and, you know, those things are tanks, man. And they were um, hauling the mail. Lucas Oil Late Models, three-day show at Brownstown Speedway. Thursday is the Indiana Icebreaker. Friday is the night before the Jackson. And then Saturday, of course, is the 42nd annual Jackson 100. World of Outlaw Late Models, two-day show at The Rev in Mississippi, Friday and Saturday. 
So those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. We're going to get into it with uh, Kenny Bruce here momentarily. We're going to dig into the 76er weekend. Um, One last thing also for those of you guys who are staying local in the East here next weekend, my dear friend that I miss every day, Danny Serrano, his memorial race, the second year of that will be held this weekend upcoming at Bridgeport Motorsports Park. I will definitely be in attendance for this one. Um, I love to support my boy, Danny Serrano. What a good dude he was and uh, missed by so many. That's your uh, tidbit there for Bridgeport. Like I said, we're going to get into the Sixer weekend coverage here momentarily. As always, please like and share the podcast. Guys, we are at 398 page likes. Two away from the big 400. We are over 400 as far as followers go which is incredible. Please, like I said, like and share the podcast. Five-star reviews on all your podcast platforms is greatly appreciated. Yeah, that's about it. But until next time, enjoy the episode. Bill Brown and Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud Dirt Track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown and Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On today's episode of the 4 Wide Sleep Podcast, I have with me Mr. Kenny Bruce, going to do a little 76er recap for you guys. Uh, you know, I'll start by saying this, Kenny. So, initially, the forecast for the weekend did not look good. And no, it, didn't. it turned as the course of the week went by Thursday night when I got down there, it was perfect. 65, nice and comfortable. And then Friday, it was like misting and drizzling all morning into the afternoon. And it was just lingering, but the radar never showed nothing. And then I noticed that yesterday's forecast, it went from a chance of showers to nothing. So we hit the jackpot as far as the uh, the weekend went. Temperature was great yesterday and uh, perfect uh, to fill the bleachers. Yeah, it, was, it turned out to be a really good day. It's actually a little more uh, hot, hotter than I expected. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, it was very hot during the day. But, yeah, the, temp, the, uh, the weather was, like you said, it was, wasn't looking good earlier in the week. But as the week went on and progressed, got better and uh, – you know, it was the same thing around my house Friday morning. It was just a, just like cloudy and a mist. Yep. But, you know, but it it, it did clear up before later in the night. And then, uh, you know, yesterday it was just, just beautiful. When the sun went down last night, it was really nice. Oh, yeah. And, and I remember last year, I mean, we had long johns on and, and campfires going to keep us warm. It was so damn cold last year. And then this year, you know, out there in shorts and a T-shirt, it was nice and comfortable. Yeah, I know. I was I was looking at pictures from last year, and we had we all had hoodies on and stuff like that, and 
this year it was just uh like you said shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> yep i mean it happens in this part of the country we get funky weather and temperatures we're not expecting them so so let's get into this as far as the the field that showed up I was very, I mean, of course, we're going to have the guys that are always there, right? The house guys that are always there. And then we call them the invaders, but, you know, they're local to our area. You know, the Cozy, the Watt, the Danny Buck, those kinds of guys. The ones that I was surprised with was Creedon made his second in a row appearance down there. Of course, Maresca, but he likes it down there. And then... Billy V was the one that I was really shocked at. Yeah, that surprised me to see Billy there at all. And I tried to get over and talk to him last night afterwards, but I think they were gone already. He didn't have a good good heat race. So. No. But, uh, yeah, and then Bobby Varon. Bobby likes running that track. and Yes. He's had success before with the, the Umbenauer number five. And uh, I, I did talk to Bobby for a while. I'm a little bit, you know, pretty decent friends with him. And he just, he just, he just enjoys coming down. And he gives, he, I asked him, I said, why? Why did you come here? Said a Fonda, Fonda is your home track. And he says, well, honestly, he said, you know, our car is not that good up there. And, and, you know, not good enough to win So at the dime. So he said, you know, Tom asked me to drive his car, and I love running this track, and this thought it'd be something different. Yeah, and he's had success running the Sixer. I mean, obviously he hasn't won one, but uh, I believe he got second the year that it was 50 grand to win. Um, yep. You know, look good last year, top five. So, yeah, I mean, he's got that track kind of figured out. And that's one of the things, too, with the people that don't run there very often. You know, I was watching Billy V, and, you know, he's had success at other tracks, of course. And he's no slouch behind the wheel. But his, he just looks significantly weaker than the guys that run there all the time. There's such a difference in the guys that run there on a weekly basis that know how to tackle that track as opposed to any invader that comes in there. I mean, you're going to have exceptions. You know, you're going to have the stews and shepherds that can go to anywhere and just blend right in. But some of these guys that don't run there often, they just look significantly slower. Oh, yeah, they do. It's just, you know, there's an act of running around you, as you well know, and, um, uh... You know, some guys that comes in for the first or second time, and they sort of get a little, like you said, I learned Stu and Matt and all that. They get, I'm not, I guess overwhelmed is not the right word to say, but it, it just, you know, it's like a, a fish out of water. You know, yeah. until you get used to it. Yeah, so. it's, uh, it's, I mean, and everyone that you talk to will tell you Grandview is so unique in its size, its shape, the banking, how tight it is. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a beast in its own right. It really is. So, it is, and you know, the guys successful at it. They been they know how to run it. <laughs> yeah, and that's and you can't ever lose that. Like they're always gonna know how to run that no, track. No. I mean, yep. Danny Herb is a prime example. Uh, you know, he hops in the the ninety seven, and he hasn't ran there in I think two years, and back to his old self. Like it's you know Mimi DeSantis, same way. You know. They haven't ran there consistently in quite some time, and they get in a race car, and it's like memory takes over. You know, your muscle memory just takes over, and they look like they haven't lost a step. No, it doesn't. And you say the guys that run there, and you say they've both ran there for years, and it's just you go back to your basic setups, and it just 
they just know how to race it. It's just in the back of their minds, like riding a bike. They don't forget. Right. And, and Grandview is not a track that has made significant changes to the surface or the shape or the banking. You know, they may have, they put in those Jersey barriers around the inside of the turns and got rid of those guardrails, but it hasn't really changed. So, you know, it's like Hearn going to run Orange County. You know, if it's still right. the hard clay, it's still the hard clay. So, it, you know, it's one of them things where, and that's why I think a guy like Varen can come in each year, not having put a lap on that track all year and looking good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's just taken to that track and, uh, you know, he's used to, you know, Bobby's not a, uh, an angel, uh, no. you know, he, he was, but he, he's not, I'm not gonna say dirty, but he, he's not no. an angel and he knows he, he's not afraid to get in there and, and, you know, be aggressive if he has to. And that plays out at Grandview. Oh yeah. You have to be, you, you, you have to be aggressive. Um, up on the wheel because those guys that are fast that are behind you they're coming and they're not going to be patient necessarily even if it's 76 laps they're not patient um no you know it's just they'll shove their nose if there's room and and that's the end of it you know they know what they got to do yeah um, if you look at i mean look at the the race i mean everybody's there for the 76 lap race but the best, the best races on the 76 a night are the heat races. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Well, you know, it's no secret. Everybody knows what the heat races look like at Grandview on a weekly basis. Right. Everyone's fighting for the bottom. It's not wide. I mean, but then again, not a whole lot of tracks are wide in the heat races. No. But, and the ones we had yesterday, I mean, we're talking 10 cars, 11 cars in a heat race. That's a lot, especially for when spots. for four <laughs> spots. Right. And I, and I want to touch on that, too. It's an interesting dynamic that they do. For one, it's not a true draw show because they right. they handicap to put guys in heat races and then you redraw within your heat race, which is interesting for one. Right, yeah, they they handicap their their own field, and then they add in, they spread the invaders out. Right, and then you They're draw for your heat. Yeah, right. Which is it's it's weird, you know. Most tracks, you know, like you know, I'm used to, you just draw for everybody, and wherever you fall, wherever you fall. Now I get why they do it because you don't end up with a super loaded heat. I mean, right. you, you kind of do when you mix your invaders in and how many there are, but. You're not going to have Jeff, Craig, Dwayne, Cressley all in the same heat race. It's never going to happen. No, no. And, 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 that's, and that's why they do it. Right, that's why they do it. And I get that. And I, I think that's not a bad concept, though. But, you know, it's just the way they've done it for years. And right. I guess they'll continue to do it that way. So, you know, I, I don't I, – I, you know, I see so many heat races. And I know it's just a draw. It's just a matter of how it falls. Right. And I get that. But you see some races – you know, I was at – this Grandview for the dirt race, well, whatever, 10 years ago, whatever. And Howard was in the 66 car. Right. And <clears throat> there were nine guys in his heat. He finished ninth, but he was the ninth fastest car in time trials. Wow. Every driver was in his heat. That's insane. I mean, <laughs> it, it, was, look, it was insane. It happens. I mean, look, I deal with it on Fridays. Oh, yeah. I, sure. I see it. Sometimes you're looking at that heat race and you're going, oh, my God. But right. it's how handicap falls. It's how 
it, it's a true draw, you know, so you oh, want to yeah. make it yep. how it goes. But, you know, it's an interesting dynamic and it just adds to the to the excitement, if you want to put it that way. Um, in the intro, yeah. Right. And the, and the second the second of three parts that makes this interesting is they only qualify four from each heat. All four of them go to the redraw. I know. So you can you can run away with your eight and be the fastest car of the night and start twenty seventh. Right. Right. <laughs> Which um let's see if I have the starting lineup here. Yeah, so Let's look at this. Mike Maresco on the pole, heat number one, redrew 25th. Yep. It, and it happens every year. Um, yeah. You, you have guys that might sneak in through their heat race and redraw really well. Um, right. And then they have their guaranteed starters, their track champion, um, I think Forrest Rogers and the Bruce Rogers, right? Right, and then yeah, well, right. and then, yeah, then and then I was curious to how Timmy ended up as one of them, and it's because Craig was already in as the track champion, so they went to the second place finisher of the Forest Rogers. Right, which I didn't know. They, I don't remember them doing that in the past. I didn't either. Yeah, maybe they have. So, but that was cool. It was not yeah, it was cool. Not taking one away, you know. Hey, we're gonna have three guaranteed starters. And then you throw them into the redraw. So you're redrawing 27 numbers. And that is a make or break. Everybody I talked to in the pits prior to, um, I think prior to noon, um, all said the same thing. It's all about that draw. It's and the heat race and the redraw. So you got to have luck not once, but twice. And if you look at the the redraw, like it's weird because. You know, a lot of the guys that you wouldn't think you wouldn't call contending contenders for the win would are in the top ten. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. You know, I mean, Strunk is there, and right. You know, Buckwater's there, but other than that, I mean, Billy Pops Jr. is there, but you know, I don't know how. He, in a strange car for him, that was you know going to be a extraordinary effort for him to win that race last night. I think, but right. But yeah, so. you got Dylan Swinehart outside pole, Jordan Hen right. Friday night's winner third. Yeah. Krejcian's always chomping at the bit. He's going to knock off that big win soon. It's coming. I can feel it. Right. Cozy fifth was intimidating. Um, yeah. You know, and hats off to Big Dave. Dave Dissinger for the second Absolutely. year in a row. <laughs> and that's Craig's car. That's not yeah. a second car. That's Craig's car. Yeah, that's Craig's big diamond car, yeah. Right. And then, yep. so Billy Pouch Jr. and Norm's car. I think, you know... <laughs> I don't know that anyone saw it coming. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> no, I mean, there are some that are more educated in this business than others. Um, some that know inside things. And I think some people kind of seen the the writing on the wall with Danny a little bit um, unfortunate. And that's not a knock on Norm or Danny. They're both good at what they do. It's just the chemistry didn't work the way they had hoped. But I don't know that if you would have said, oh, hey, that 357 might be vacant for the Sixer. Give me five guys that you think would end up in that car. I don't know that anybody would have said Pouch Jr. No, me me neither. You know, I'm pretty good friends with Billy. I I knew something was going down. Yeah, so yeah, But, uh... Originally, it was supposed to be a team effort. 
that that was the original plan. Okay. But then when then but then when Danny destroyed the car, Grandview two weeks ago, that sort of went out the window. Right. So right. And because uh, Jay said it was just the car was just too beat up to fix. Yeah, because so. I thought they were going to do two cars, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. we were going to do two cars. Yeah. 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 It was uh it was quite shocking. Um, and then to finish out the top ten, uh, you know, Brad Brightbill sitting in there, recent winner in the Brightenstein car, of course, drunk ninth, and then Ron Ron Herring Jr. Another one, top ten starting spot. And he impressed me in the heat race. Let me tell you. Yeah, he held his own. Uh, yes, you know, he did. He, he wasn't going after the leader or nothing, but he held his own. No. Um, sort yeah. of what Justin Grimm did in his heat race until a late caution got him in trouble uh, right. to where yeah, he yeah. got passed on the restart. But same thing, he was holding his own too. See, those those are guys that run there every week that know if I just protect the bottom in the heat race, you got to make those guys go around you, and that is not an easy task. How about that move by Pat Pat? Oh, in the heat my race? God. So <laughs> now – for anybody listening doesn't know, of course, you know, I'm good friends with the Brightbill family. So is everyone that sits with me at Grandview. Um, right. And, you know, we're cheering on Brad through this heat race. And then that one restart, he got stuck on the outside. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. And he had Varen behind him yet. Well, Varen may have passed him at one point. Um around those restarts, right? And then, who the heck was the other one? It was, hold on, it was, oh, Mimi was involved in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was Varen and Mimi, and Brad kind of fighting for that last spot, or third to fourth. And he got stuck on the outside, which, again, was not the fastest way around. And I don't know... What he did to stick that move, he went around Mimi and Varen on the last lap in three and four and passed them both. He almost got set? And then didn't he almost get second, too? uh, He may have. He may have. He was was like a rocket on that restart. Oh, my God. And we're all looking around at each other going, huh? Like, did that just really happen? Yeah. 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 Uh, definitely a big balls moment there. That was uh, no, that was huge. Hey. Um, but that's what you got to do with Grimview in a heat race. Sometimes you, you got to stick it out there and see what happens. Right. I mean, it, it, just ask Cressley. He'll tell you. You, you gotta. Yeah. And almost every lap of Cressley's heat races, he's blowing the top, and the front left never sticks to the ground. Like he's no. on the gas. Um, he's on, and he's so much. And he's just so much faster than anybody else most times. And it's just right. Right. Yeah, he just. Yep, exactly. But, you know, and another dynamic to this whole thing it, is the format, too, is so you have your concies, which is seventh on down, finished from your heat race. They then, the guys who advanced from the concie, I think it was the top three from each, ended up going to the Minuteman 20, which right. is your fifth and sixth finisher along with those Concy guys for a 20 lap shootout for five spots to join the back of the field. Yep. And just looking at the names that were involved here. So every year you're going to have 
guys that are in the Concy or in the Minuteman that you're scratching your head saying, how? You know, exactly. Last year it was Decker. Yep. You know, Decker got stuck last year going through all that mess. And this year we ended up with Guler was back there. Um, but then again, he started deep in his heat race. Um, yeah, he started 12th. Yeah. He started 11th, yeah. Watt was another one. Uh, Danny Buck got stuck in all that. Laubach ended up spinning out in the heat race, which right. put him behind the eight ball. Right. Um, but he just had – Varen was in it. Yeah, Varen. Well, Varen got stuck with that whole um, Bright Bill pass. But, uh, yeah, a lot of guys that have had success or wins um, at Grandview were just behind the eight ball there. And, um, you know, it, it, oh, yeah. and that's what you are. You're behind the eight ball. Yeah. I've seen Craig in that race before. I've seen Dwayne yep. in that race before. I've seen Strunky in that race before. Yep. Uh, maybe not Strunky because he's always guaranteed because he wins. But, uh, right. But, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, he's... it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Man Miller, another one. Man Miller, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He got stuck in that mess, too. And, yep. um, you know, it's just, again, it's all about your starting spot in that heat race to where yeah. it can, um, you know, because I see Maresca won his heat race from the pole. Dylan Stoyer won his from the pole. Um, I think Big Dave won his from the pole. He was on the pole or front row, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. he won his, right? Um, yeah, he did. He did win his, yeah. He was in the cash dash, yep. Right. Heat four was, did Nate Brinker win that heat? Um, he might you know. have. He might, I don't know. Oh, hold on. on. I got him right here. Hang on. Yeah, somewhere. Where else he too? Uh, yeah, so Stoyer won his. Yep, from the pole. And then Umbenhauer won heat four over Brinker. Right. Yep. Uh, oh. Yeah. And... Go down, I think, started third. He won his. No, no. Go ahead, what is his? No. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Seventh, I think. He started seventh. Yeah, he started back there somewhere. Uh, No, he third. He started inside row two for his heat race. He won that one. (laughs) Yep. And then um, then I think Creechin won the last one. Yeah. No. Cressley. Cressley won his from deep. Cressley won his from the back. Yeah. (laughs) From ninth. Yep. And then he we'll get to his unfortunate circumstances in a minute. Yeah. But um no, and then the redraw, you know, like we said, where you had some good guys starting up towards the front. You had some that were really far back. Craig twenty-fourth. Um, you know, and that's usually where Strunky ends up starting somewhere back there. Uh unfortunate redraw circumstances, but um the one I was I completely forgot about was the past winner that got in with Ray Swinehart. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Hey, he almost changed the complexion of that race there at the end too. Uh very <laughs> much so. He uh what the hell? It was Thunder Mountain, the short track super series race when Shepard was just putting behind the lapper in front of him. Yeah. That's exactly what he was. <laughs> So, yeah, um, heat races were pretty good. A couple of uh, guys that we thought would have made it through that did not, unfortunately. And then it set the stage for the 33-car field. 
Um, you know, going into the 76 laps, watching the heat races, seeing who was fast and who wasn't, who did you think was going to take this home? Well, I thought with the starting spot, I thought I thought Strunk had a good shot at it with the with the, with the starting spot of ninth, and with Dwayne and Craig starting so far back, and right. uh, and then well, you know, Cresley too, but Cresley seems to get through traffic pretty good. But you know, like you said, we'll get to that incident later. But uh, <laughs> Timmy on the pole, you know, I, I thought Timmy. Now, Timmy self-admitted this to me. He said he struggled in some of these big races. Yep. He's good in the beginning. He's good at the end. He goes, I suck in the middle. He said, yep. I can't figure it out. He's, I don't know if it's something we're doing with the car. I don't know if it's me. And I interviewed him last night afterwards. He's, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's a car. But we just struggle through the middle of these big races. And he said, I got to figure that out. But so, you know, as much as Timmy was a favorite to win, I, I didn't think in winning from the pole is hard. I don't care. What driver you are? Yeah, Stuart Friesen. Yep. He he hates starting on the pole. Yep. So, but um, but yeah, and uh, um, you know, my one of my choices was go down because I realized how fast he was in his heat race. That and that, that car, car it, that car is just fast. It's fast. It's fast. That's the same car he uses a fridge for it. Yep. Same motor. Yep. And that car is just on it, and he he was just you know. I, I told my brother who was sitting there, and I said, yeah, I think Ryan's got a good shot to win this tonight. And where he start, he started in front of Craig and Dwayne and, and Presley. So that was the big thing. So. Yeah, that's a huge thing. It start, it's you have those five guys that are tra- that are favorites to win this thing, and you got to start in front of them. Right. You, you got to make them pass you. Um, exactly. One guy I thought had a legit outside chance to this was Buffalino. Um, he looked really good at the coal cracker finishing second and he's not done well there in in past and then he told me friday night they were setting the car up to be quick and hot laps and not worrying about the heat race or the feature necessarily they were looking for time and hot laps and he got this mindset change where now he's setting the car up to be fast later in the day who cares about hot laps you ain't getting paid for it and it's made a world of difference. He looked really good in the heat race. Um, you know, and another track he hasn't had a whole lot of success at. So, you know, it's not in Jersey. He's usually not liking it too much. So, um, but yeah, I thought, again, I thought he maybe had an outside chance. Timmy, I, and you're right. I don't know that I would have been a start on the pole. Because you're going to have everyone chasing you for 76 laps and you're not going to know where they're at or who's behind you. Exactly. You know, there's no spotters and cars not telling you. Um, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, now, Timmy may have also looked at this lineup and saw who was starting behind him maybe the next two, three rows thinking, oh, I might have a chance to pull away a little bit too. Right, but he he, did he told while. me he told me last night because a friend of ours was the one who drew the pole for him, and um, he said, "I said, why would you let him go and pick that number?" And he goes, "Dude, when we parked that car after the cash dash, they said they had all four tires off it. They were back there with the spring smasher. They were doing all kinds of shit to that car. So it was almost like." They may have not even had the car set up the way they wanted to. So, yeah, I mean, he looked really good out of the gate, really fast. Um, 
And then that transition period, I think, is where he he gets himself in trouble. Your track starts to change. Yep. Yep. But there was that one pivotal restart, too. I think Strunk was up to fourth. And he ended up having the lead by, the, I think, the next lap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was the... That was the other than the one where Ryan got by Jeff, but right. other than that, that was a typical restart of the race. And Jeff went from fourth. He saw an opening in the middle, and, and Ryan go down and said, "I saw the same opening, but Jeff got there before I did." Yep. <laughs> and uh, he said, "That's and that's that's because Jeff is so good here." He said, and Jeff made a perfect move on that. Them guys got sort of split in the front row, and Jeff saw the opening, went right for it. Yeah, Found some grip in the middle, and away he's going. Yeah, and, it, so. and I think it also helps too. Ryan started directly behind Strunky on the inside too, from the get right. go of that race. And who else would you want to kind of lead you to the front than the guy who's done it more than anybody exactly. on that on in, in that right. race? And if you listen, if I did, I did you know victory lane we would go down later in the night, and he said that same thing. He said he's better to follow. Yep, than Jeff Strunk. Exactly, so. exactly. And he's and Strunky's not going to lead you into shoving his nose where it don't belong and create a melee yep. and all that stuff. Um, so I do want to touch on. So at this point, I think in the race, I think Cressley was also coming too. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mimi spins out in turn three about three quarters away up the track pointing himself towards the infield so he's sitting the wrong way timmy almost hits him timmy goes around him on the outside and i think everybody that was in our section like held our breath because we thought that he was definitely gonna either hit mimi or hit the wall and he snuck through everyone else went to the bottom I don't know if Cressley didn't hear in-car direction, didn't see the yellow lights, or his view was obstructed. I don't know what the situation was there. But he, he blew that thing in there and ended up hitting Mimi pretty good. Which Oh, he did, and you know, Cozy hit him pretty good, too. Yeah, so, that's right, yeah, because Cozy was second or third at that time. Cozy was third at the time. Yes. yes, so Cozy hit him first, and then Cressley came in. Later. Right. Yep. Right. Which and kind of ended Presley's, both of them. Right. And it, and that's why, you know, as fast as crazy is, that's why I didn't peg him for the win because something seems to always happen to him. And, you know, he gets up there. He's so fast and he's so good at that track, but he has a hard time finishing long races for some reason. I mean, look, it's – I've said this before, and I could be wrong. I could be right. I don't know. I always said – Guys like Brett Hearn, from the Brett I've gotten to watch in my lifetime, Brett was always good at these 100 lappers, right? Right. And our guys never seemed to be really good at 100 lappers. And I said, well, you know, I watched Brett at Eastern States run 160 laps on a fresh right rear and made it look impressive, right? Well, he knows how to run a 200 lap race or 100 lap race. These yep. guys down here are used to running 25, 30, 35 lap races. Yep, so don't run very. you can just smoke them for 35 laps and not have to worry about saving your stuff or trying to come in late. You know what I mean? Like you don't have right. to worry about that transition type stuff. And that's where I think there's a big difference where, again, we'll keep saying it. Strunk, Howard, Von Doren, they've all right. done it. 
how and many Rodan times? Too. And Rodan Rodan. ran a Super Dirt Series yep. like two years ago. Exactly. Hundred lappers. Exactly. So it's you. You have to have that that understanding that you know, like everyone says, you can't win on the first lap, and it's legitimately true. So I, I think there are some guys who just know how to save their stuff in a more effective way or more efficient way. And look what we're talking about. Cresley's young. Um, Timmy's still young. Creation's yeah. still young. Um, you know, these guys are just going to – they'll figure it out. I mean, I right. I bust Billy Jr. about Eastern States the first time I went up. Everyone's driving into turn one, driving the car, like legit, just like you would a back road. <laughs> Here comes Billy and I don't know, 24 spot. That thing is super silly sideways, leaning on the right rear, like, you know, like he's running on a Saturday night. And a couple laps later, poof, right rear goes, he's in the fence. And, you know, I always bust his chops about that, but it's the same kind of concept. You got to you have to know how to drive the car the right way. You know, look at some of these super dirt shows like Ransomville the other the other month when they had all that tire wear and Shepard's out there just driving it like he's on a Sunday drive and he didn't have the issue. And, you know, it, it, that's what it ends up coming down to. And I was surprised last night. There wasn't a huge tire issue. I would, I really thought not, not saying any reason why, but I thought longer distance race that some of them guys would start maybe cutting tires late. Cause it did, it did rubber up pretty good. You know, it, it rubbed up well, really good on the bottom. As bad as you thought it was. Yeah, and that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, one, I thought that too. The one thing but. I was surprised was, you know, the top and the bottom were both there early, and I could oh, see yeah. it coming out of four from where I'm sitting. That you can see it rubbering up around the bottom. You can see a second groove around the top starting to take rubber. And I don't know what happened through that race, but all of a sudden the top just went away. It was after that lap thirty something restart. Yeah, exactly right. And it, I said that to my brother. I said I was talking with Danny Hebert, he's sitting with me, and we both looked at each other at the same time. He goes, "Well, that track's starting to take rubber a little bit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's right at that same time. And that top just disappeared. Um, yep. You know, and I, I watched, I was down there the other week when Brad won. Um, same kind of situation where everyone was just, it was put put around the bottom because there was no top. And I don't know what happened or what changed in that race, but that top just disappeared. And when I saw that happen, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this. When I saw that happen and Strunk was in the lead and go down with second, I'm thinking I, I, I did four pick em pulls for our, our guys at the camper and I had starting spot number nine and two of them. I was counting my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought there's no way anyone's going to get around him because you can't. No, I didn't either. And Ryan tried. He tried to go in. Yeah high and one and two he tried it in three and four and he would either lose ground or just scrub off his speed like it just it never gained him anything no no you could make time going in but you couldn't get the you couldn't get the bike coming out no no you were you were just scrubbing off your speed way too much yeah and i'm sure a lot of people thought that that was strunk's race like but (laughs) as we know restarts happen right Mm-hmm. I I can't tell you that I've seen that good of a restart from the guy that is not 
the one to fire first. That was right. he timed that thing perfectly. Perfectly, yes. Now, friends of mine said that they think he fired first. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't have the vantage point from Jeff turn three. Me, Jeff told me Jeff told me he had the Ryan has had the perfect restart. Yeah. Yeah. So. He just went he just went faster sooner. That's all it was. And yeah, he timed that perfectly held. And I think once he got him by a nose down the front stretch, it was game over because you knew he was going to crowd him. Oh, yeah. And you have to. Oh, it, you have to, especially knowing that you can't run aside of him through the turn. Right. You you have to. And he and he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't he didn't rough him oh, up. No. Nothing. He just he pinched no. him to the bottom. And so. Yep. And, Exactly. Strunk would have done the same exact thing. Um, sure. And once that happened and Ryan locked down that bottom, and like we were talking about earlier, running up on lap traffic, everyone got really excited, right? With what, 10 to go, they caught Swinehart? Right. But Ryan couldn't get around him. No, no. He tried. He, <laughs> he tried <laughs> slightly. He tried. He didn't he actually... He didn't really try, try because he might have lost that lead. <laughs> well, that's what he said. That's what he told me. He said, I went to the middle a couple of times. I could pull up alongside him, but I couldn't get the bike coming off to get by him. And then, you know, then I could hear Jeff's motor. I could hear Jeff starting to come down the bottom a little bit. So I said, that's it. That's enough of that. So oh, I thought if Jeff's yeah. going to win, he's going to have to go around me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and Strunky, once once Ryan caught that lap traffic, Strunky reeled him in yeah. pretty quick. But oh, yeah. And then so was Jimmy and Dwayne. Yep. Oh, yeah, they were, like, nose to tail. Yeah. Yeah, and it's – but you got to be able to pass the guy. You catch him, but you got to pass right. him, and that's, and that's where uh, – And and you know Jeff's not going to rough nobody up to pass, you know. No. He'll, he'll get aggressive, but he's not going to get underneath and just move a guy. No, no. So. And um, at I think with, like, four to go maybe, he tried to do the same thing Ryan tried to do to get around him right. earlier. And yeah. it he was – losing spots he would have also lost third there if he would have kept trying it exactly yeah Um, I will say this too oh man Miller oh my god Uh, he had a good run 31st to 5th in 29 laps yep and we 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 joke around with Doug all the time because he'll give us a race recap after the Sixers over at the campsite and hey, yeah. he's always sitting there. He's like, oh, just out there, just riding. Just, you know, not blowing her in there, just riding. And uh, I'm just watching him all these laps. And I'm like, holy crap, he's in the top 10. Holy shit, he's fifth. And then <laughs> he hits the guardrail in two and cuts his tire down. Yep. <laughs> I thought I, I saw that. Car. I saw the whole thing. I, uh, that, oh. I think he went pretty low. And you can see the car bump a little bit. And it was like. Uh, and it's not yeah. it's not the first time him and that guardrail I've talked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh he was beating himself up pretty good afterwards. Um the campsite was very quiet on that side. Um <laughs> but you know, look, shit happens, right? Yeah. It happens does. happens to everybody. Um, you know, I just know he's been waiting to hit that crown jewel, um, whether it be a track championship or the sixer down there for so long. Oh, I know. I, and, he's such uh, a good guy. It's just, it's. Yeah, I mean, he's he said if he could knock off a sixer win, uh, I think he would be in happy retirement as soon as the oh, night's sure. over. Yep. So it's, you know, 
It's one of them things he keeps trying, but damn, he looked so fast. Um, I'll give I'll give credit due where it's due to. Um, you know, if you take into consideration all the circumstances behind Ryan Creechin and what's been going on with him. Uh, you know, with the house and the flood, the shop, having to send three motors to Moritini, fifth place finish, I, I would be smiling all the way home. He, and he was. I, I talked to Ryan, interviewed him after the race, and uh, he, the whole the whole Creighton crew was happy. You could just tell. It was such a relief for them to get their own car back and, you know, to have such a good run. And, you know, to Ryan told me, you know, the work that him and, you know, because obviously Mike and Trish are focusing more on the house and everything. Right. That, you know, it, the cars have been pretty much up to Ryan and Cody to get ready. And he said, you wouldn't believe all the work we've done just to get this one car ready for this track. And he says, you know, Morgan team, got one, we, you know, we asked him if he could get a mo- one of the motors ready so they could run the sixer. And, you know, he, he came through for us and he was so appreciative of everybody. And, the race fans, the race family is—he's such a good kid and such a good family that it, it felt good for me to be able to interview him. And you know, obviously everybody wants to win, but they were so happy with a fifth place finish, at, especially as a race like the '76 or so prestigious that he said. And it's like I, I just can't believe we did this and how much everybody's helped us to get to here's part and the kind words, even if you you know people that come over the house and helped or people that send me texts and everything like that. And what an appreciative kid. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, any positive turnout from this weekend, he would have been comfortable with, um, you know, and I talked to him before the race had started too. And he had said that he had a couple of people offer him a ride instantly, uh, whether it was for the coal cracker going to run Bridgeport, running the right. sixer that he had people that were willing to help him out and uh, put him in a car. But of course, you know, you got to direct your attention where it belongs. But uh, he said he's living in his bedroom still, but his parents are living in their camper on their property. And that has got to suck so bad. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, well, they had to strip the whole house, the whole downstairs, the whole house had to be stripped. Yep. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's an awful thing, but it's very, very bad, but um, nope, they're hanging in there. And, um, you know, hats off to him on a top five finish. Dwayne is sitting in fourth, too. I feel like he did this all year at Diamond. He was quiet. Now, Dwayne yeah. is a quiet guy. Um, but he just lingered all year long on Fridays. I think he kind of did the same thing tonight where or last night where he just held his own, made himself seen, but wasn't making a whole lot of racket. And, you know, was just sitting there at the end you know, taking home fourth for what it was. Yeah, I, I think Dwayne would have benefited more from a little further up starting spot. But, yes, um, yes. You know, because I think he, you know, he pushed hard to get up there early, and he made made some good moves, and he got up there. But once he got the, once you get into the top five, them drivers are a lot harder to pass. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And you use your equipment up a little more than you'd like, so. Yeah, it seems like the especially with this race, the more further back you are, the more you have to use up what you have. Harder to save right. your stuff to the end. So from 18th to fourth, that's not that bad. No, I'll, it's not that bad. I'll tell you what, though, I think a couple of us were in agreement. Uh, I want to say it was halfway through that race, right before the top kind of went away. We were all like, "Don't look now," but Craig Von Dorn is on a mission. 
It yeah. took him forever to get past some of them guys that were starting back where he was. It took him forever to get past some of them, you know, because everyone was side by side for so long. And then he started coming up pretty quick. And as soon as that top went away, you know, everyone's on the bottom and you can't go around guys as easy. But yeah, yeah he was yeah, coming. Yeah, he was done. He was done once the top went away. He kept trying it. No, he oh, kept yeah. trying it. But uh, he just couldn't get any ground up there. And, uh, you, know, uh, you know, starting as far back as he did, it was, you knew it was going to be tough for him to get up there. But then again, he is Craig Von Doren. So right. um, you expect him to come through the pack pretty quick. But I don't know if he was trying to conserve early or not. But me, I think if he did, I think he conserved too long. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll and, and like we said, too, starting 24th. And having to use up your stuff earlier than you need is is uh, never going to work in your favor. L- Loudon right. Reimer looked strong too early. <clears throat> he worked himself up in the top five at one point. Um, Loudon's coming on, and he's gonna he's gonna pick up some wins next year. I have a feeling um, he's gonna be a contender wherever he chooses to race. Um, but he's looking better and better too. I will say I had. I had such an awesome time going through those pits in the afternoon, and I think I put my podcast stickers on about 20 race cars before the, it was all said and done. It was so awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But, um, no, it was, uh, it was a good race. Um, things transpired like usual, and cards played out, you know, and in the end, we had a, a brand-new winner um, adding his name to the list. And, you know, he's tied into that. That's you know Bob Miller family and and De- and uh, Donnie and all them. So you know, cool to see someone tied into the track in some way, adding their names to next year's shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was cool. And you know, for Ryan, it was like uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Ryan gets a, he gets a bad rap sometimes. Sometimes it's deserved, and he'll admit it. But oh yeah, um, but his. His driving style has changed over the past three or four years, and as he's matured, and I, I attribute a lot of that to him racing with the Super Dirt Series for yes. a year. Yes, yes. He's he learned so much, and he'll, he's told me that, you know, and he's learned a lot more how to drive, and it's you know how to set up your car and all that. But um, for him to get that win, he was so he was so subdued. He was excited, but he was like, I, I can't believe this happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he was he had no voice after the race he goes i said you lost your voice huh he goes i he's can i was screaming so hard in the car when i won that race he says i don't know he goes, i never thought you know i've tried this race for a lot of years i've had good runs here he says that to win this race is you know it is definitely the biggest one of his career, biggest race he's ever won in his career and um he's very appreciative of it oh yeah i i, I was getting a kick out of listening to his his interview as we were walking back to the camper, <laughs> it sounded like he was going through puberty. It was funny. Um, yeah. No, I, you're exactly right with learning so much running super dirt for a year. I I think also having his daughter, you know, it, it kind of puts you in check as a person, right? Absolutely. And you know, kids are going to see everything. And also with Junior running now and, you know, relaying all your knowledge onto your son now who's racing crates and being successful and you know maybe there's a little bit of you know trying to trying to do a whole monkey see monkey do kind of thing and and you know 
showing him what you know a true winner is and and all that stuff too i think maybe a little bit of that maybe a little bit of that plays into it too but um no i i remember the other year when when Dwayne won in norm's car and ryan got second because i was down there at victory lane and Ryan was happier than a pig and shit for when it for getting second. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and yeah. I, I I can only imagine you know one spot further up, thirty grand. I mean that's huge. That's 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 absolutely huge. Yeah, and it's it is huge. It's a pure team like them. You know they they he's got a lot of good sponsors behind him, but it's their team. It's yes. his team and Mike Carlucci's team, and you know and it's and his brother. I think the three of them are all in and. It, for a thirty thousand dollar payday for them guys, that's going to go a long way. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to a no offense, a Hallmark type team. You know what I mean? That's going to right, uh, exactly to guys who put it all on the line. And he's had a very good year at Bridgeport. Won a whole lot of races, a championship. I'm sure he's going to be a contender next week. Um, you know, for that payday as well. So no hats off to them guys and. Uh, you know, well-deserved, I think. Yeah, it is. And, you know, Ryan said, you know, they sort of changed their philosophy a little bit this year. And, you know, I talked to him when he won a race earlier in the year. When he won the Thunder on the Hill race, we sort of talked. And he said that, uh, you know, they, they changed their philosophy this year. They're not going to race as much. They're, you know, Bridgeport is their home track. And they're trying to follow the Dale South Series. And But other than that, he said, we're just going to pick and choose where we race. Because I'd rather race less and be more prepared. Yes. So, and that, and it's pay, it's paid out for me. I mean, look at they got eight wins at Bridgeport, mm-hmm. and you know the track championship, and you know, and they've been you got a Thunder on the Hill win earlier in the year, and he got the seventy sixer win. He said, he said our biggest issue right now is the Dale Race Series, is we're not quite where we need to be in the Dale Series, and that's something we'll focus on over the winter time. So, but uh, their plan is played out for him. Not they're not they're not wearing the crew out. When they when Bridgeport doesn't run, they take the weekend off. They yep. go away. They, they have a house down the shore. They go down there. Yep. And you know, he said it's paid off in spades for everybody. It's just they relax when you get to the track. They know what they're doing. The car's set up the way they want it, and he says it makes the whole world different. They're not thrashing when they're at the track every week. Exactly, and I and I think some teams, not not even in particular, just get caught up with. Oh, we have four cars. We're going to run Fridays. We're going to run Saturdays. We're going to run every Thunder show. We're going to run every Dale show. We're going to run all this, 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 and this, and this. And not saying that guys can't do it successfully, but it's a lot to take on. And unless you have the right manpower, the right people, all that freedom of time, and most guys aren't getting paid to do it, if you don't have all of that to to back you, you have to be smart about it. And, you know, people are, oh, why isn't Ryan running Diamond on Fridays? He has won the Cole Cracker, he's won the championship. And I completely get it. You gotta make sure you don't exhaust yourself too soon. And it's paid off, you know? You know, And they've been doing this all with one car because their other car, they they hurt that motor to one week at Bridgeport and, um, they haven't. They don't have a motor for it. Yep. And so they can't get parts. And the guy can't get parts and pieces. Yep. <laughs> so, so we're doing all this on one car motor. So you know, that's that's why they didn't run the twenty six. He would rather run the twenty six, the cold cracker, I think. Right. But he didn't want to. You know, having to race Bridgeport the next night, he said, "I can't chance it with the championship." So, and because um, that car is just a rocket. <laughs> it's oh just, yeah. It's just a rocket. Yeah. You know? And 
you know, he, he was a solid, he was a Troyer supporter for years and years and yes. years. And, you know, he switched over to the big now and he's, it's just unbelievable. He said, yeah, he said, nothing is Troyer. Troyer's been so good to me, you know, and all that. But he says, you can't beat people. You got to join them. Yep. No, exactly, you're exactly right. If someone's beating you every week with something you don't have, might want to yeah. check in to see what that is and, and get yourself one as well. Yeah. But, uh, so, no. Successful Sixer weekend. I survived. Um, may have had a couple of cocktails, but I survived. And and we ended up with a new winner, a new champion for the Sixer. And I'm already waiting for next year's. Yeah, me too. And, you know, we got bigger races coming up. <laughs> we got some more big races coming up in the next few weeks. So it's, uh, you know, it's. Oh, we'll yeah. Keep going and, two and, months. Uh, it's a two months of money. Two months yeah. from from, from so, Labor Day to to Charlotte, it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're uh, you know, and there's some guys yesterday that I felt really bad for. I felt bad for the Watts. They put a new car together and just couldn't get it together all weekend. And they took the car home on Saturday morning and tried to rework it. And it yeah, just, it's it just never came around, and they got in trouble in his heat and trouble in the. I mean, Danny Bucks sort of went tail Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. And then uh, was it Danny and Davy Salmon's exchanging words too? Is that what happened there on the front stretch? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, look, a lot of money on the line. Tempers are going yeah. to flare. It happens every yeah. year. So yeah, nope. I, I felt I I went over and I was over. I went over to see Danny after the races and Danny Buck, and he was like. It, the kid looks so dejected, and it's, you know, I, I, he just needs a break. <laughs> he's had a rough year. He's had a rough year, and he's so dejected right now. I think the winner off is going to do him well, and you know, they, they hurt the motor in the sixth car, Georgetown again, so they're at, they're at motor, that motor is not there again. So, you know, he, he just, he, I just felt so bad for him. It's. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to when you have three rides. To yeah. hope that all go well at once. Yeah. It's so hard. You know, they didn't have the year they wanted to with Norm. He hadn't really ran his car a whole lot. And yeah. then running this running Polish's car. It's a it look, guys go through it. Like I said, it happens to everybody. I've seen I've seen Man Miller go through a bad year. Um yep. you know, I've seen it happen to a lot of guys, so Nope, so, it is what I'm it hoping is. things turn around for him. That's all yeah, I just you know. <laughs> He puts so much effort, and, and they all do. They all put a lot of effort into this, and to see somebody's just, you know, just dejected. And I guess, you know, you're, I guess Watts mad at me. Everybody's mad at me. He's like, <laughs> I said, Danny, just relax. I said, it'll be all good, you know. <laughs> yeah, Rubin's racing. Yeah. He didn't flip nobody, you know. No. No, it's yeah, just. He felt, he felt bad to walk out of flat tire. He goes, I, he goes, I meant it. I meant to move him. You buy him. He's, I no way I wanted to give him a flat tire. He's, I felt terrible for that, you know. Right. Uh, so. Right. Yep. But uh, no, thanks for uh, your input, and uh, it was good seeing you this weekend. And I'm sure I'll run into you next weekend as well for uh, Danny's nah. race. No, I I oh. probably taking the weekend off. So it's just, oh. you know, I got, oh, we got stuff going on here. I hear you. I just, hear you. And I'm I'm away a lot the whole month of October, so I'm just. Yep. I'm going to try to chill for a couple of weeks, I think. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah, hey, I'd like to go, but we'll see. Port Royal's a month away. We know that's game on. Uh-huh. So. 
Fort Worth's game on. Oswego for me is game on. And then Eastern States is game on. Although they haven't announced the schedule for Eastern States yet, so who knows what's going on. Yeah, I'd seen their run in Thursday through Sunday, but I don't know what the format is. No, nobody does. You know, and and tickets for sale, nothing. They used to have the Deo race Thursday night, but that's no longer a thing, so I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Guess we'll see what Hearn's up to. But um nope. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh you know, buddy. relax and I'll catch up with you down the road. All right. Thanks, Casey. All right, see you, man. See you, pal.